All right. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome back to Freshwater Perspectives. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, fish size limits. Uh, the title for this podcast, I guess, would be Fishing for the Future. Um, that was the title I have up on the website right now. Hopefully, we can walk you through that and you can uh, you can learn a thing or two today, whether you're a just general person or a resource manager. So tune in. All right. So, what's new, Riley? What have you uh, have you been since last time we uh, we did one of these things? I'm good, Matt. I um, before getting here, I was trying to think of like what what am I going to talk about in this little uh, banter thing? Um, you know, I went I went fishing with my wife. Ooh. We had like a three day weekend. Okay. Just got skunked. Got skunked. Really? It was it so it was nice. So we we've been doing like trout fishing, which is fun because it's like a part hike, part part fishing which is mm -hmm. cool so like you get to see new places you go up like a stream like we went to like a nature preserve so not too many people are in the area but yeah we drove like an hour something minutes to get wow. this like couple spots because they're they're remote right and like um where we are in, in northern wisconsin and yeah we went to two. First one was just a bust and i was like mm -hmm. so we went to another one where we had some success but not this time yeah there's mm -hmm. actually people so it's like a part waterfall um oh, part okay. stream stream system so that's why there's a preserve around these falls and like there are people like tubing down it like the falls and i was like huh because it's like so one portion of it these really little kids like i'm thinking like three-ish years old and like uh it was an aggressive like at the end so that it kind of like gradually goes down i think um i'm sure they have a name for like the gradual decline of it over rock but then like mm -hmm. there's the end is like a actual fall and mm -hmm. I was like, who they're getting close to the edge there. I was, <laughs> I was like, please don't go down that. That like weird little, yeah, inflatedly inner tubes. But hmm. it is what it is. We're still looking for spots for this elusive fall that's coming. This These fall okay. runs. And it's like, yeah. when's it going to happen? It's like all about temperature I've been reading, you know, and um, we'll see if it happens or not. Just like a, okay. like an ocean system. So it's, it's weird. Um, hmm. The... The Great Lakes and the the systems up here are are weird. They're interesting, right? Like yeah. just they're they're oceans, like for lack of <laughs> Honestly, a better word. Yeah. Like, right? There's freshwater oceans. <laughs> yeah. What were you guys going after? <sighs> just any anything that would bite, basically. Okay. I'm I'm Fair trying enough. to learn how to fly fish again. So okay, I so... never actually learned. Next week it's my uh my wife and I's so it's a, our first year anniversary. Oh. and we're we're taking a, a fly fishing <laughs> lesson. Oh, okay. And uh, I need it. I need help. So that'll be fun. <laughs> well, like, at least you admit it, you know. Oh, There's like just I people who are like, oh, no, I'm like the best. Yeah. No, I like self-taught myself. And like, I've, I've caught fish, right? But it's like, mm -hmm. something's not going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just <laughs> the mechanics of it all. I'm like, it's just, I'm missing something. So hopefully okay. by next week, there'll be some guy that's just be like, lift your arm up like this or something like, and then it'll be mm -hmm. good. But So were you yeah. and your wife both... Uh both fly fishing or did you have her on a different setup we have different setups just like an open face reel okay um but i use that too it's it's just as effective right like it's nice. like it's, it's yeah but um um 
she wants to learn so we're gonna we're gonna do it and if she she wants a full setup then we're gonna after this week it's like the litmus test because some of the fly stuff is expensive so yeah well we'll at least you can go in and start start making your own flies i heard that's a lot of fun i know that's a that's like yeah it's like it's an ordeal right like it's Mm -hmm. it's not just (laughs) like you're going to walmart and getting stuff like I mean, you can make this like, yeah, it's people's like whole pastimes and it's really like, right. It's like the whole river run through it type of movie situation. Like it's, it's great. It's beautiful. On the other hand, it's like, oh man, like (laughs) this is going to be the next 10 years of my life or something. Like you don't even know. (laughs) But yeah, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I can't say we were, we were quite as busy as you guys. Uh, we're just, just doing some wedding planning. My fiance and I, we did some, we had an engagement shoot, uh, on Thursday and then yeah this weekend was just about trying to figure out where what we're going to do for like catering and and bakers and stuff like that you know we're still we're still have like over a year until the actual wedding but we're just Mm -hmm. like trying to get ahead of the curve for everything so yeah 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 that's i remember that that's a stressful time (laughs) yeah i'm trying not to let it stress me out um but I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little yeah. stressed out right now. But yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. Hopefully this will this will take my mind off. I'm excited to yeah. talk to everybody. My wife and I we did divide and conquer. So okay, she chose her stuff. I chose you know my like I'll set up the venue. I mean with I, her input obviously, <laughs> but like <laughs> no. like I like I'll do the details on that <laughs> and like you do the details on the other stuff and that's how we okay we did it. Yeah right because yeah. it's it's a lot. So, yeah that, that's i guess that's like unintentionally how we've been how we've been yeah. doing it yeah that's i did it. a lot of the venue stuff and then now mm-hmm. she's taken over for yeah like the caterer and the baker so that actually yeah i guess we're doing that without yeah. trying to do it cool yeah now we um well matt and i way back when we we lived in the same apartment complex right mm-hmm. and like so when we were planning our wedding we were right where you guys were so like we just <laughs> sat by the pool one night and we're like what about this and just like shot questions from like on the other side of the pool and around like floaties mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's dumb it's a dumb idea so my mom is about two and a half hours away over in georgia so usually if we ever go visit them that's the time when we're just sitting in a car for two and a half hours where she's just oh, scrolling on her phone like through pinterest and she's like oh what about yeah. this and i'm like your mom moved down there. huh right she, she did was... yeah, yeah a couple years ago my mom and my grandmother moved down oh, yeah because my uncle worked yeah my uncle works at georgia tech so he's uh i remember you said that yeah. yeah 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 he's not far away so yeah yeah everyone's following me down here for whatever reason yeah and my dad my dad might my dad might i know and then my dad might move down to west virginia funny enough okay from jersey so everyone's is that considered pretty... the south west virginia yeah everything yeah. south of the mason dixon so like maryland and below right i don't know if Cause, marylanders cause would yeah it's the northern border of maryland i don't know if marylanders would consider themselves southerners yeah. i'd say like virginia and down personally but yeah oh yeah i'm getting my geography I'm thinking about it yeah okay yeah interesting <laughs> yeah huh mm-hmm. yeah you you were you're just a modern day you you made the track down mm-hmm. yep. yeah nice easy 13 hour drive that's it yeah yep. <laughs> did it a couple more times to move my fiance down and my mom down that's fine you know <laughs> yeah yeah i make it remember making the trek from minnesota to alabama a couple times yeah, and it was just... probably even further than 13 hours oh yeah 17 <laughs> or something oh, where we man. were so Jeez. that was that's a haul that was a haul through mm-hmm. well some stuff was cool some stuff was illinois is just a sorry for everybody who lives in <laughs> illinois but that's just a long state man i got like got the, the length of it like a good portion <laughs> of the length and you're like this is whoo 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyone going down through down the East Coast will say the same thing about Virginia. I like Virginia as a state. It's just long, man. You feel like you're not making any progress because you're like four hours in and you're like, oh, still in Virginia. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we shouldn't have this type of uh, talk in the beginning of this podcast. We just divided like the two two of our listeners once from <laughs> illinois once from virginia they're like man that's it i'm done <laughs> i was invested and that's it they turned me off <laughs> all right I, email yeah, okay that's right all right i think we've delayed enough so we're gonna cut the banter off there and actually get into the the meat of the the podcast so i'm one of your co-hosts riley buley and my other co-host is matt gladfelter mm-hmm. how we are going to do this podcast for at least the next couple episodes is one of us will switch off every episode and we're going to kind of deep dive into a topic. So a little more story type telling podcast for right now. We hope to do interviews in the future and, and take it to different avenues. But this um, week, Matt goes. So I'm going to hand it off to Matt and uh, I'm excited to, to listen to what you got. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, size, fish size limitations and kind of different management practices according to controlling a fish population based on size so riley what what, i guess what comes to mind when you think of fish size limits any particular species or just anything like that yeah yeah so okay for the the listener too for the most part we we don't necessarily say what we're going to um talk about in the beginning here Mm -hmm. so this is not really (laughs) scripted um so okay so so size limits i'm thinking so in the north here, we, we have a lot of size limits. So we, we just talked about trout. So there's trout side mm-hmm. limits, and there's also a uh, very popular fish species, walleye, that mm-hmm. everybody goes in for, for size limits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's typical species. I mean, when you think of any any harvestable fish, right, even largemouth bass, uh, brim, different things like that. Brim, for those of you who are not from the south, brim is essentially everything that is not a bass. It's just like sunfish, um, mostly like in that sunfish species and family. They're all just grouped into brim. Centrarchidae, um, right? Yeah, centrarchids. Yeah, wow, look at you. Nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's different kind of management approaches you can have as far as um, kind of how to manage your system. And they're broadly kind of grouped into two approaches. So there's input and output restrictions. So when you're talking about an output restriction, you're directly limiting the number of fish removed. So think about that as like a bag limit, right? So you're literally saying you can only take like six fish out of this particular system every day, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So like per fisherman or per angler or whatever. Input limits are a little more indirect and they're more about limiting the amount of effort put forth by the anglers. Um, so again, that's, that's indirectly affecting the number of fish removed. So some examples of that would be the number of licenses put out every year or offered every year, fishing seasons themselves, the gear that can be used and size limits. So again, that's an indirect method. You're not necessarily saying you can't take this many fish out, but you're saying you can only take fish that are this size, at least this size. Right. So when we're moving into size limits and the one we're kind of probably everyone's most familiar with. And the one I'm going to focus a lot of time on here today is minimum length limit. So MLLs, as you might see them written a lot. And again, I think everyone's pretty familiar with this. The definition's kind of in the title here. So a caught fish must be of a minimum length in order to be harvested, right? Pretty straightforward. So again, for just to take a, a common species, for example, largemouth bass, 
Um, I don't know the actual MLL here in Alabama. Sorry, I didn't do that much research. <laughs> Just a thing, simple probably, Google search. It probably varies, right? Yeah. By, uh, by different reservoir. There's only two natural lakes in Alabama. Yeah. So I'm going to say <laughs> reservoirs being from Minnesota. Yeah. But um, yeah, right? Probably, mm -hmm. yeah, but so, different areas. That's where you can kind of get into who manages the system. And I guess we can mm. talk about that in other episodes. So yeah. if it's a private system, yes i'm sure they can probably have something different than the state um but as far as i know the state governs who you know that's like public domain right if you're ever talking about if a river runs through uh private property you can be on that river in that river as long as you're not on the actual property so most yeah. of the time the state governs um game like that um unless it's like your own private pond but things like that um yeah. so in theory right when we're talking about mlls and minimum length limits and stuff like that um this is supposed to ensure that a harvested fish um has already reached maturity and hopefully is already reproduced um so this also protects the younger individuals and it's supposed to ensure steady annual recruitment right so every year you're only taking out hopefully individuals that have already reproduced you already have uh that kind of cohort or several cohorts ready to graduate in the upper size limit so you're always having that continual recruitment, right? Um, but diving really deep into this and going down a rabbit hole, which is what happened to me when I was reading up on this topic, it kind of makes you think it's great. It's a really simple system, but is it too simple kind of thing, right? Hmm. So this usually, and I'm going to use a lot of usual terms and things like that, just because I think when you're trained in, as like a scientist, you can't ever say anything's definitive. It's always, it depends is the usual answer. Yep. Um, always make someone so, mad if you say, yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> definitives, is, someone yeah. will get mad. This will always happen. Nah, no. Like, what about the obscure puffer, sir? <laughs> Tie it in. Oh uh, yeah. Nice call. Episode back. one. There you go. Listen <laughs> go to it. Back, go back and listen. We have a very deep, um, <laughs> backlog right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Usually MLL, so again, uh, minimum length uh, limits, they usually encourage trophy fishing, which I guess is intuitive, right? That's also the way most people target fish is you want to target the bigger fish. And by making it so that fish have to be of a minimum size, you're encouraging them to go towards those bigger fish, right? Because those are the ones that are going to be actual, actually available to you. Um, another kind of problem with this setup is that it assumes that all females contribute to the same number and quality of offspring regardless of size or age mm. yeah mm -hmm. you see where this can can start to get a little squirrely yeah so if, it's if you just think of a length that's just mm -hmm. that's one variable and a whole pile yeah. of variables that can affect if you think of like body size or if you want to talk about like the circumference of a particular fish right is a 14 inch bass going to have the same kind of belly size as like a 20 inch bass that's okay. a huge that's like a ridiculous size but just yeah so <laughs> for sake of argument we, we should measure girth uh I mean, we, we can <laughs> we can kind of talk about this later and kind of different yeah. approaches to this um but no i don't think we should measure girth because that is there's a <laughs> billion and one things that can contribute to girth yeah be like where <laughs> is girth too like yeah um, where is it the fish and, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, squirrely. Yeah. This is so. Yeah. This is a squirrely topic, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. This, yeah. Um. I also before again before I get down a rabbit hole. Um. MLLs are super simple, and that's usually why they're used. I'll kind of reiterate this later. Um. They're very simple. They're very easy to implement. Where you're just like, hey, these usually reach maturity around 14 inches. 
so we'll say we'll let we'll set the mll at 12 inches right so anything above that or sorry we'll set it a little higher than that sorry about that we'll set it a little higher than 14 inches we'll see like 16 inches so anything 16 inches or above it's probably already reached sexual maturity right and it's probably already contributed um, to the population um so again so it assumes that all females contribute to the same number and quality of offspring regardless of their size or age um, so there was a group and I've, I've cited my sources here for everybody so you can go back and, <laughs> and look this up and check me um, so the Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute. Um, oh, the debunked. Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah, so, yep, going after him, man. We can't can't say anything about the Smithsonian. No, that's right. Uh, so the Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute, um, at least in marine species, um, they debunked this. Um, so they found that bigger females um, had not only um, more eggs on average than smaller females, but they also found that their eggs were a little bit bigger. And this is something that you alluded to a little bit in the last podcast, Riley, where you were talking about stuff like that and like the size of the eggs or the quality of the offspring and whether or not that can set up the offspring, you know, for, for a better chance of survival, um, mm -hmm. kind of tying things together here a little bit. Um, through lines. I love it. Yeah. So, um, but it's also, so not only are the, the female, the bigger females contributing more eggs, they're a little bit bigger. If you were to plot it, it's not like a perfectly straight line. It kind of like plateaus eventually, right? Because eggs can only get so big kind of thing. Um, and then, so to follow this up, the Noble Research Institute, um, shortly after that Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute um, paper was published, uh, they found similar results in, large, in largemouth bass. Um, so it was confirmed in freshwater species, also like one of the most coveted freshwater species in North America that generates billions of dollars every year and is also usually managed with this MLL um, strategy, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's also multiple different groups uh, that have found evidence for early maturation of fish in populations under intense harvesting pressure, um, which I guess can kind of make sense, right? So if there's a ton of predation happening to these larger size classes, um, eventually just the way that evolution works, it's more advantageous to mature faster. So that way you can produce more offspring you're kind of increasing your fitness right before yeah. you're actually kind of harvested so early um, early maturation in this case maturing to sexual like yes correct maturation. okay correct okay. so rather than yeah. so say if you were looking at a particular population you said oh they reach um sexual maturity at 14 inches and then you know you have that mll in place for about 16 inches and you let that go for 20 years you come back and you're like oh shoot they're actually reaching sexual maturity at 10 or 11 inches now. So they'll mm -hmm. actually eventually start to scoot that down. Uh, one little caveat to that is that it's not quite that simple because of course nature always has these little kind of roadblocks in place to kind of check itself um, because fish will only produce gametes when they're of a certain quality. And usually like when the word quality is thrown around, it's usually in reference to the amount of fat stores in a in a female uh, whether or not they're going to produce gametes so eggs in that case right unfertilized eggs um just because that's you know the high high quality energy that they can contribute um towards their offspring that's where all their energy reserves are um so that's kind of summing up mll's in that sense do you have any any thoughts before we move on real quick riley yeah yeah i'm just thinking of mnls excuse me mlls mm -hmm. it's um 
and we were talking about just like you know what what we mentioned girth right and uh mm-hmm. i think a point that came up to me right is like uh something that we didn't at least like someone in my training we didn't talk a whole lot of was um you know science there's all these fun ways of like best protecting a species when you think about like fisheries management but like you gotta incorporate that human dimension right of fisheries mm-hmm. management it's it's like yeah we x y and z will you know help this area the best but we can teaching that to, to the general public is difficult so you know mlm in some cases might not be the best thing to do mm-hmm. but it's it's what what's easily measured everybody's got a ruler for example mm-hmm. and so that's you know one one reason why mlls exist right so oh, that's why it came up to my like it's just that idea like that the, the, the human dimensions of fisheries management it's like how hey we have these regulations but if they're not easily adopted by the general public like it might not be actually useful if they're so confiscated absolutely yeah and i think kind of going back to girth a little bit when you're talking about all right we're gonna say let's let's kind of go into a parallel universe here for a second right let's say all right yeah starting tomorrow all all slot or all uh, length limits are going to be changed to girth limits right Again, there's a million and one things that can dictate girth. Girth, if you probably measure the girth of a fish, it's going to fluctuate a lot. Not even like from year to year, but throughout the year. So like month to month, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas a fish's length isn't going to change unless it gets its tail bitten off by something. Um, yeah. But so that, that that's the big thing with length limits, right? Is that they're, like you said, they're easy to measure and they're not going to change. And if yeah. anything, they're only they're only going to increase, right? Obviously, know, so that's how a quick and dirty way to, to age fish, right? Yeah, and I know like um like with minimal length limits, it's uh, measurements. I remember back back when I was younger, like uh, there's some species where they have like a where do you measure from? Like what's yeah. what's the end of an actual mm-hmm. fish? Is it is it the tail? Or yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, what if it's bit off? So I know sometimes they go to the fork of the tail or to like yeah. the base, mm-hmm. right? So that's um. Or some fish with weird appendages, like a um, a paddlefish, mm-hmm. like it's do it, you measure it from its nose? Paddlefish oh, yeah. have really big noses, or do you yeah, that, from its mouth. And yeah, I'm that... pretty sure some of those species have different lengths. Yeah, like, well, like they, they, they'll tell you in like a, a lot of a uh, state management guide yes, books. They hundred percent will. Where where do you where do you measure from? From mm-hmm. what point to what? Because yeah, that, that can vary, right? Yeah. Um, so you actually kind of bring up a good point there. Um, so when this when this article goes out, and this article will already be out by the time this this podcast air, airs. Um, so when this this article goes out, um, there I have a ton of links in there for all of our readers. Um, so there's a spreadsheet as far as your state, um, your state fish and wildlife. Um, kind of contact person so there's a person whose job pretty much at every fish and wildlife department is to talk to the general public about where to find their minimum like their their length limits for different species mm-hmm. um or then i even have like another document on there i can't take credit for any of these documents they're ones i found from like the epa or the usda or um different fish and wildlife agencies um so thank you to the to those people for putting that work together for me already. Thank you. Um, yeah. So just pay attention to those links in there. I have I have for you guys. Um, I try to make it pretty straightforward. Um, if you have any questions, just don't be afraid to call Fish and Wildlife. Um, do your homework before you go. Obviously, if if you plan on harvesting, if you're doing catch and release, obviously, um, just be mindful of what fish. I mean, if they're invasive species, some 
uh, some states have like you know like a, a, a what's a nice word to think of call. um this yeah a dispatch or a call upon uh, dispatch yeah <laughs> ten four <laughs> yeah once you uh once you reel them in you have to dispatch them so and if if for any state I'm dealing with silver carp they're one you cannot throw a silver carp back you have to call them um in some way you don't have to take them with you so you can just call them and leave them on the bank I've, if you so choose but, I've never yeah. heard dispatch before so i've heard dispatch used I'm a lot like at least in the band yeah like you're calling central hub and be like you got approval to knock that one over the head I'll just i used listen. to raise um silver carp in one of my prior positions and uh really i've that gotten hit by know. those things and they hurt man yeah yeah i mean they talk about people getting concussions and breaking bones we had little guys and they were little rockets. Like we would yes. cover the tanks up because they would, yeah, they would, especially when they get stressed. So it's, it's kind of nice when you raise them because it's like a big thing with like a raising fish is you like, are, are my fish happy? Are they, you know, liking the situation that they're in? And they'll let you know because they'll start jumping. You know what I'm saying? Like if oh. the oxygen was super low or something. Oh. Like they're like, womp, womp, like, hey, stop mm. this. So yeah, that was like the litmus test was why are they jumping and then you like work it backwards try to solve that problem but hmm. i digress yeah <laughs> so kind of so we'll if we were to kind of move forward here a little bit if we're talking about mlls and we're i don't want to again i don't want to rag on mlls because they're really simple um they work for a lot of different species i'm just trying to kind of put forth that they may not work for all species so you may be asking yourself, well, what are the alternatives if minimum length limits aren't so great? So there are two other options, and they are slot limits. And there are two different types of slot limits. There's a regular old slot li limit, and there's a protected slot limit. So a slot limit uh, restricts a fish that can be harvested to a particular range, i.e. slot, that can be harvested. So again, you can only uh, fish anything within a particular slot, so there's a range. So let's say you could only harvest fish between 8 to 14 inches. Anything less than 8 inches, you have to throw back. Anything greater than 14 inches, you have to throw back. So the logic with this is that it um, protects the big females, right, that are contributing uh, disproportionately more to the population every year. And it also ensures that the very young fish um, are contributing to that annual recruitment it can also help some species uh, to make sure that they don't get stuck at a particular size range. And we talk about getting stuck in a particular size range. Um, at least in my fisheries management class, we talked a lot um, in reference to largemouth bass ponds, talk about a bass crowded pond. So if you're talking about how, you know, if you have a particular system and you're saying, oh, I have a ton of bass in here, but none of them are getting trophy size, your logic may be, oh, let me just put more bass in there. And then eventually some of them will get bigger. Well, the reason that they're all not getting any bigger is because you don't have enough quality food for them to reach that bigger size. They actually need a certain quality of food to reach their kind of metabolic needs and beyond for them to actually keep contributing to their growth. Um, so getting rid of some of those intermediate sizes helps them get to that bigger size. Um, so that's a slot limit. Again, anything bigger than that slot, that, that size range, you have to throw back. Anything smaller, you have to throw back. You're just harvesting stuff within that slot. Uh, protected slot limit is the exact opposite. So you're protecting that slot between, again, let's say like 8 to 14 inches. And you're keeping things greater than 14 inches 
or less than eight inches. Um, this is a lot rarer and it's usually used when fish are most successful in reproduction at a particular size range. Um, I could not find too many examples of this. Um, but so Riley, what do you think about slot limits in as like an alternative to MLLs? Yeah. Um, they can be difficult, right? So people yeah, need this, to know. This uh, kind of goes back to the simplicity of, of MLLs, yeah. right? Kind of why they're so great. Um, if you're kind yeah. of on your phone before you go out and you're like, all right, 14 inches, that's the number. Anything bigger, we're good. Mm-hmm. Where if you look on your phone ahead of time, you got to go, all right, 10 to 14, 10 to 14, 10 to 14. You get out there and you're like, oh, this one's nine. You're like, was it nine to 14? You know, it could just be as simple as writing it down somewhere, right? But, you know, it's just, I think keeping keeping things simple is great. Um, But also there might be some instances where, again, a slot limit might be ideal. And if we're talking about, you know, I don't think the largemouth bass um, populations need any help, honestly. I think people are catching plenty of largemouth bass. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're just, yeah, they're just the one that are easy to use as an example. Uh, but if we're talking about conservation, that's when slot limits are mostly used because, yeah. again, you're protecting those bigger females and those um, young of year, and you're kind of getting rid of all the competition in the middle that prevents them from getting to that bigger size. Yeah, um, yeah with um, that protected slot limit, so that, that mm-hmm. range. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I think one example back in – fish management class uh so i think one of them too was like if if so if you if you have a population of fish right say a super there are lakes in minnesota for sure where there's slot limits that are um really followed like really Mm -hmm. like i think almost by the year so like one example is like malax this really big um tourist area lake but like not necessarily malax does this but i know like so if, if you have these systems that you're really tracking year over year it's resource managers fisheries managers can go hey like year one we had a, a really good spawn you know they're, they're all surviving right um then they made it to year two they made it to year three and um sometimes with those slot limits too they can have it out where you know fish, fishermen want to catch fish right so it's the mm-hmm. idea that we have a lot of extra quote-unquote extra fish in year three their average lengths are um you know mm-hmm. 10 to 10 to 15 inches so we're mm-hmm. gonna it's like a moving limit yeah. so be like hey this year you, you're gonna target these ones and mm-hmm. um we're gonna reassess and, and and redo it so um yeah when it's those types of slot limits though like another thing that some i don't think people necessarily understand is like you know fisheries departments dnr departments there's there's only so much money to do it so mm-hmm. um with those moving slot limits, it's, it's a lot more money. So there's either got to be a, um, a fishery that's, that's has an economic impact to it. Like, um, a lot of areas don't get that type of type of, uh, attention. And so that, that's another reason why like minimal length, for example, can be incorporated where the, Hey, mm-hmm. we, we know we need to go to like this portion to, to keep this system going, but we, we don't sample every year. Maybe we sample every other year or, um, you know, five, 10 year rotation. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, if you have a lot of systems that they're uh, the states responsible for, for example, it, yeah, the, some of those limit type of slots are, they're hard to, to keep up. So another, yeah. 
example of human dimensions for sure yeah you you kind of beat me to it a little bit with, with with some of what you did there you stole my lightning there riley oh um, no <laughs> this is this is why you don't try to talk to a phd he usually has all the answers already oh, um, yeah. <laughs> thanks <laughs> not true um, <laughs> now nah, we're all we're all learning here right um so <laughs> that's the big thing with slot limits is that they usually require a lot of data which requires a lot of investment a lot of time mm -hmm. and a lot of fisheries don't you know they don't warrant that right um but again, so that if you're talking about when to use a slot limit, when to use an MLL, by and large, an MLL is perfectly fine for a um, stable, um, profitable fishery, i.e. largemouth bass, right? The number yep. one fishery in North America. Um, their populations are totally fine. Whereas a slot limit <laughs> is probably better for conservation, Um where you're trying to grow the number of fish, you're actually trying to make sure that there's a sustainable number every year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, those are kind of the big things I wanted to hit home here yeah. uh, with, with MLLs and just kind of the alternatives. Uh, so hopefully we open some people's eyes here. Um, mm -hmm. But if I had to kind of sum everything up here real quick, I would just mm -hmm. say, you know, MLLs are convenient. Um, they tend to target larger individuals that contribute more to the population. So there's kind of a double-edged sword there, right? They're very simple. They're convenient, easy to follow. Um, but you're, you're taking away those bigger females most of the time. Cause you're kind of encouraging the trophy fishing. Um, but on the other hand, the issues are with the slot limits that they require a lot of data, a lot of knowledge about your fish populations. And as you alluded to already, Riley, that stuff can fluctuate year to year, just based off of yearly mortality. Um, how many get past that point of no return even, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're very effective in conservation and restoration. Uh, so just to kind of tie everything all in here to what we talked about towards the beginning of this podcast is it depends, right? It kind of depends on what your goal of your particular project is. Are you just trying to keep the fishery going kind of as is, you know, there's plenty of fish. There'll always be plenty of fish. Uh, you may not have a ton of money to monitor them every five, 10 years, maybe. You know, an, an MLL is probably fine. Um, whereas if you have a population of fish that are threatened, you want to make sure, you know, kind of think of a more conservation approach, but you don't want to shut the fishery down entirely. Uh, that's where you could probably implement a, a slot limit. So that's all I got for you guys today. Any any thoughts, anything else that we didn't touch on, Riley? Yeah, I, I'm just thinking about it. So like, uh, I think I don't want to mention it a third time. It's uh, the human dimensions of this. Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting, right? So like, you don't really think about that. But so for one of my positions out of my, my doctorate um, degree out of Auburn, I part part of where I was working for, I won't delve into who I was working for, but it's the idea that, um, yeah, that they had um, ponds, and people wanted to go fish at these ponds, kind of these private ponds. And they're like, how, how many fish can I take out? And I was like, you, you don't know. And they're like, nobody's like, kind of set the the regulations on it and i was like ah. <laughs> so the idea of like yeah did do i do i set slot limits and it's like i, I can't i literally can't it's just a one-man mm -hmm. operation i couldn't even um as an individual i was thinking about having like a, a fishing derby to get mm. like stats on it so the idea oh, of stats and like mm -hmm. what what do you and like, how do you how do you deal with like no money um and or yeah like a, a bootstrap type of budget and uh 
I talked to some professionals. You, you can't like you. Mm-hmm. So like, right. Cause it's the idea that, and we'll probably, we'll go into this for sure in a couple episodes, but it's the idea of like, uh, what about the fish that just won't bite, you know? Mm-hmm. So you might run your numbers that like, there's like 12 fish in this pond. Just an example, everybody. I want mm-hmm. 12 fish per, I don't know, half acre or something, mm-hmm. 10th acre. But, um, yeah, the, the, the good, you need that data. Otherwise, mm-hmm. um, you're going to skew everything. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And then, yeah, who's if, the, if there's going to be people that buy in portion of it too. So are people being truthful? Are they not? Um, are they actually following bag limits? Are they coming every day and just taken out of that slot that can really mess it up too. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of variables and we're getting a little outside of what we're talking about. And I'm sure these will come for other, um, yeah. future podcasts, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot that can go wrong. Usually they don't, but, um, yeah, this is like, it's just one of the many variables that, uh, fisheries managers specifically have to, to keep track of. And oh, it's yeah. costly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could probably do a whole nother podcast talking about the different like uh, strategies taken for fisheries management, right? Like if you're talking about like a toolbox, what's everything in that fisheries manager's toolbox? This is just one, right? Like yeah. size limitations are just one of, mm-hmm. of just a handful that they can, that they have, not even can have to um, work with. Right. And then at yeah. the center of it all is, is the general public. Cause they're the ones mm-hmm. that are going to be following those um those regulations you put out and you're gonna have to deal with them every day yeah <laughs> there was one thing you mentioned in the beginning um that i i want to touch on too mm-hmm. was, uh, like a uh, stream access and mm-hmm. like uh if you're oh, on the yeah. water you're okay i just want to <laughs> so everybody knows that <laughs> so that can be a, a podcast in of itself too that yeah. each state um i'm not <laughs> no man, you're I'm still not, right i'm not shaming you right now this is for the um <laughs> no 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 you're yep no so like uh it's it really is what like so interesting like um oh, i'm gonna get this i'm sure i'm pretty sure iowa like that the water is public mm-hmm. under like so who owns the bottom is the question yeah pretty sure in iowa um it could be private land um mm-hmm. under so that's yeah that's gonna be a future podcast too it's it's yeah. water I mean, rights we... and Ugh, it's yeah it's hard it's difficult it's weird yeah i don't want to get off on too much of a tangent but i do follow closely a lot of you know like hunting news and one of the mm-hmm. bigger things that's been coming up lately at least especially in the west western part of the u.s is corner crossing um so mm-hmm. in these bigger states what they do what at least back in the day what they did was think of it like a checkerboard right where all the yeah. red pieces are public plots and all the black spaces are private plots Mm-hmm. So if you want to hunt all the red spaces, so all the all the public plots, you can't hop that corner from one red square to another red square because theoretically, at some point, you're moving over private land. Oh. There are some states that don't say anything about it. There are some states that highly advise against it, but there's yeah. a lawsuit going on right now. And I think at least criminally, they were found innocent but they're being sued civilly right now. Um, cause it, and it kind of brings up that whole thing too, where, cause the argument is yeah. that you're, you're crossing into private airspace was the, was the main argument there. So again, it kind of goes Weird. into, well, if the state owns the water, who owns the bottom of the river, right? Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, there's a lot of water related things that we mm-hmm. will 
for sure be covering water wars for example too oh god yeah. right yeah i think there's each region has their own quote unquote mm-hmm. water wars um crazy yeah yeah but, but cool, i think man. we talked yeah i think i think we've some we've talked about a lot without even trying to talk about a lot in this podcast <laughs> i know again we didn't necessarily tell each other what we're doing and so tangents love yeah, it exactly Hopefully. but Hopefully all right everyone like i hope too. you i hope you learned a thing or two today feel free to uh to look this to look this up on uh fishwaterandtravel.com yes the article will be titled uh fishing for the future um and again just feel free to uh to reach out with any constructive hopefully constructive feedback or or criticism on the bottom of that article let us know if you have any any thoughts on the matter yep and um so that that is our website fishwater and travel i think yes i should know this i made them up so the uh (laughs) the the social media accounts from instagram facebook um youtube we have a youtube channel where we'll, we'll if you want to see us in person and there's a nice little pretty border around us so we there's all you can also do that and that's at fishwater and travel as well so if you type that in that should forward you to our, our social media as well and um yeah thanks for listening everyone awesome see you later riley all right see you matt